And welcome into Heavy Hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley, joined by the wonderful Jack Heim on this final Monday of the semester. Jack, how we feeling? It's a dreary day here in Kutztown, and uh, finals week is upon us. And so are the late stages of the NFL. So much else to talk about. We have a big, uh, big piece of news in MLB. We'll get to NHL. Uh, and some other tidbits as we progress through the show. Jack, how are we feeling? I'm feeling good, Mitch. Uh, I'm ready to talk about sports. A lot to get into. So glad to be with you, uh, as always, here on this show. Uh, but a lot of NFL to talk about. A big weekend that just happened. Two more games to preview for tonight. Uh, and I'm so excited to get into it. Yeah, let's uh, let's start NFL. We'll get to the, uh, I'm sure, what everyone's waiting for uh, a little bit later. But... Let's uh, let's go chronologically as we so often do. What are the worst games uh, possible? Uh, Steelers Patriots occurred on uh, Thursday night. We hey, already talked about it yes, a little bit. I'm just highlighting it one more time. You're good. Uh, like we said, Steelers got the win. Uh, no, Patriots got the win. I'm so <laughs> sorry. No, Steel. I, I went to say Steelers <laughs> lost and Patriots won, and I, I just combined it. it in the worst way possible. Uh, Steelers taken down by the Patriots, and they are one of, uh, following the end of many of these games, one of seven, seven and five teams in the AFC. Crowded playoff picture, to say the least. Let's move into Sunday. A uh, bunch of uh, 1 o'clock action here. I'm looking NFC North first, a, a, a shocker, to say the least. The Bears take down the Lions by double digits. By a final score of 28-13, to 13. Mitchie was not happy about this one. Uh, but it does help the Eagles a little bit. Uh, the Lions were uh, coming into this week 9-3. and three. They're now 9-4 and four and still a game out of first place in the conference. Jack, what did you see that led to the Lions' downfall this week? I mean, look, this is... The Lions have shown signs of this over the past couple of weeks. You saw it at the Thanksgiving game against the Packers. You saw them barely survive against the Bears at home. Uh, and, and now they go on the road and lose to the Bears. I mean, this is a team in Detroit that has certainly looked like they peaked earlier in the season, and they have been free-falling, especially defensively. We mentioned a couple weeks back that this team is the worst statistical defense in the NFL since Week 7. I mean, it is bad for Detroit here. I mean, their defense got carved up. Justin Fields, when he had to, used his legs at very timely situations, got some big first downs, even got a touchdown on the ground. Uh, and the Bears just played as the more physical and better team in this game. I don't think. I mean, the stats talk for themselves. Outgained the Lions three thirty six to two sixty seven, five yards of play for Chicago. Only thirteen first downs for these Lions. Jared Goff in the offense immensely struggled uh, throughout this game. Tough showing for Dan Campbell and the Lions. They got to. Uh, they better. Figure out a way to get this one under wraps uh, as we are in December. Yeah, I don't think Dan Campbell uh, is all that he's cracked up to be. I've said it since he came into the league. Not a big Dan Campbell fan um, over here. Yeah, you know, I talk about it a lot. It's hard to sweep your uh, divisional opponents. NFC North is no stranger to that, but this is a Lions team that's been showing cracks for uh, weeks on end here now. Uh, not able to run it as, as they were earlier in the season, and the uh, the passing attack has lost some of its luster as well. You mentioned it, the offensive struggles only putting up 13 points, that's not going to get it done. And that all kind of came in one one surge there in the middle portion of the game. The Bears yeah. controlled the beginning and the end of it. And if I could just interject real quick, Mitch, and I'll let you get back to finishing your point. Sure. I think Aiden Hutchinson is one of the most overrated players in all of the NFL. He'll roll up on you. I mean, he he's a good player. He is not a number one edge rusher. He is not like the the premier guy you think of and say, hey, I, don't know. I like Aiden Hutchinson a lot. 
He's a good player. I don't I think, think he's he, good. He's not elite though in my mind. I'm sorry. He doesn't he doesn't rank up with the best of the best at his own position. He in my mind he doesn't sniff Micah Parsons. He doesn't sniff Garrett or TJ Watt. I think there's um you know the list can go on more and more I think if you start to dissect names, but those are just the three obvious ones. Oh, Nick Bosa as well. Um, that pops in your head. I, I mean, heck, even I think Hassan Reddick is, is is up there. Hassan Reddick's a linebacker. Yeah, but he edge rushes a lot. Yeah. So true. He, they move him around. Yeah, he's a versatile player. Sure. And the guy had like what a boatload of like, almost twenty sacks last year. But he had, I believe, thirteen and a half. Well, not almost twenty, but a good season for him. Very good. I mean, to me, it, it's just. He's a he's a good player. He's not a elite player as an edge rusher. Sure, and I think he's probably the big one of the bigger biggest playmakers they have on that defense. Exactly, that's the problem. And uh, yeah, not a lot of studs on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Jared Goff, I mean, he's also showing why he was uh, not the prize in that quarterback deal uh, that sent Matthew Stafford to Los Angeles uh, because Jared Goff is a washed former number one failed uh, experiment. Uh, that's just what he is. He's not getting it done for Detroit. They're going to need a new quarterback if they want any sort of sustained 100%. success. I mean, 100%. This guy is so mediocre, it's not even funny. Mediocre? Yes, mediocre. Uh, yeah, he is the definition of average quarterback exactly. in, this, yep. in this league. So, um, I mean, even Brock Purdy's better. And if I'm saying Brock Purdy's better than you, yeah. you know you're and if you, Yeah, if you're new to the show, <laughs> then you don't know about Mitch's long... We will get to it. He detests that man, that man. That's we, all I will say. Someone stop that man! Exactly, Mitch to Mitch about Brock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, it's just pathetic that people consider him an MVP candidate. We'll get there. Um, while we're talking about quarterbacks, I use this time to transition. Uh, just before we get to a KUR notebook, I want to bring up some bad news as uh, as we transition into our next game. The Houston Texans uh, appear to have suffered uh, quite a hit to their season and their hopes and their franchise as uh, C.J. Stroud went down with an injury uh, toward the end of the game against the Jets when the game was already out of hand. Uh, just so unfortunate. Stroud, likely rookie of the year, uh, even even considering his name for uh, for MVP. Uh, such a young, budding star. And, uh, Jack, what did you see with the injury to Stroud? Yeah, I believe it's a concussion for Stroud, so we'll see how long that... Uh... That takes to figure that situation out, but in terms of when he's going to be coming back, that is. You hate that he was building so much momentum, though, and that kind of stunts this, right? I I think if there is a time, though, right, if there is a time, look, Tank Dell was out. uh, Nico Collins got injured. Um, You know, the the receiving core for uh, for this Texans team has been taking some hits of late. And um, De- devastated with injuries. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like he was uh, on the most efficient offense, uh, most prolific for for player development uh, at the time. So maybe this is a a uh, silver lining. Maybe this is like a uh, I don't know. Just trying to find the positive there. I mean, blessing all in, all. in disguise was the phrase I was looking for. Blessing in disguise. They'd uh, you know get him some rest, keep him healthy. Uh, you know, because concussions they're not usually long term. And no, hopefully you can uh, heal from it pretty quickly, CJ. But uh, any other thoughts on the on the injury before we actually get into the game after the KUR notebook? Well, Nico Collins also left this game hurt as well. So, I mean, yep. Dalton Schultz also didn't play in this game. So, I mean, the Texans, you know, playmakers and skill guys are just getting absolutely devastated with injuries. I mean, look at this room. What the top receiver they have left now is Noah, Noah Brown. Brown. Yep. It's, it's just not good. You know, Xavier Hutchinson is, you know, in terms of the next man up type of deal for, for these guys. But... Not a good spot right now for the Texans. But, hey, they massively overachieved this year. Yes, you want to see all these guys on the field. Um, but 
all in all, this has been a successful year for Houston, for sure. They I found agree. Their franchise guy and have a lot of good pieces. Something to build on, right? And uh, just bring them out of the basement of the league is is tremendous that they've done it so fast. They kind of remind me of the Jags from last year. A little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. Like a team that, you know, nobody really saw coming. They were, you know, thought they could have the pieces in place, but you needed to see it before you could believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Texans, I think, are in a similar spot for me. I needed to see how Stroud and this group would mesh. But you see these guys just going out there, balling out week in and week out. I think even more. Give me another AFC South team, the Colts. Who saw the Colts coming, I know. man? I mean, it's just there's a great crop of, of young coaching in the AFC South. For sure. Well, Dougie P's not that young. No, but I more <laughs> meant like yeah. Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryan. Like those are two yeah. two young guys who, you know, if they stay at their respective spots, can be clashing for years to come. Oh, how much I miss Shane Steichen. But like, never thought I'd hear you say right? those words. Right? Like, like you were, you celebrated when this guy right. left. You celebrated when this guy left. And You're now right. I see how much worse it could be. And do you know why that is? Because Jalen Hurts is not actually a good quarterback. We'll get to it. Mitch, one more note for you as well. Yeah. The grass is not always greener, my friend. No, it's not. No, the grass is not always Kelly Greener. So, all right, oh, I do man. have a message from the KUR notebook sure. first before we get back into it. So, attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No. No problem. Go to www.cutsdown.edu forward slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Thank you, Jack. Just want to remind you as we talk about this uh, Texans-Jets game here, uh, your thoughts on a wild weekend in sports, 610-683-4058. Jack is manning the phones, anxiously awaiting your calls. I yes. mean, he is chomping at the bit. You know what I learned, actually, uh, a couple months ago? Turns out that phrase is actually properly pronounced champing at the bit. Uh, it's a verb that is uh, in reference to horses, champing at the bit. Never knew. Um, so Jack is eagerly, eagerly awaiting that phone call. Uh, 610-683-4058. Uh, if you want to if you want to yell at us, as so many people often do, if you want to voice some support for a, uh, a grieving Eagles nation on this day, uh, or if you just have something to get off your chest, uh, we are all about it here on Heavy Hitters. Let's break down this... Uh, Texans-Jets game, such a weird game. Over-under was set at 33 points in the monsoon that was uh, um, upper New Jersey there, uh, northern Jersey. It was uh, it was raining quite heavily throughout the game. The winds never picked up like they thought it would. Uh, and it, it showed, the weather showed its ugly head. It was 0-0 zero to zero at halftime. And uh, the two teams combined for 36 points in the second half. So there you go. That's something. Just <laughs> thought I'd mention that. That was an interesting stat. Yeah, relevant. <laughs> relevant to one person. Relevant to no one. Yeah, I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. So the uh, the Texans though get kind of embarrassed in that second half by the Jets of all people who now have a couple uh, a couple nice wins on their resume. Right? Are, are the New York Jets another right a team? They've beaten the Eagles. They've beaten the Texans. Um. I mean, Texans have also lost to the Jets and the Panthers. That is true. That is true. Are the Texans frauds? Uh, Yeah, but most of that damage, uh, most of the inability on offense was done with Stroud in the game. They just could not move the football, punted on every drive in the first half, and uh, kept that going into the second half. Just not playing good football. Turned it over on downs a couple times late when they had to go for it in their own territory. That kind of led to a few of the the Jets' points, several field goals, and I believe a touchdown. Uh, This game... Got out of hand. Once you went down two scores, really, it felt over 
uh, just the way the offenses were so sluggish throughout the day. Jack, um, is this more indicative of a of a Texans tr- team trending downward or a New York Jets team led by Zach Wilson uh, trending upward? I think it's the first of those two, and the injuries are playing a big, excuse me, a big part for Houston. They I, couldn't I mean, move. They couldn't. The offense is in is yeah. inoperable. I mean, you can't move. Davis Mills a quarterback. Who's he throwing the football to? I mean, you're throwing a backup quarterback in there to throw to, with all due respect, no talented skill position. Even players. before that, though, even with Strout, they couldn't move for three quarters. Yeah, and the Jets also have a really good defense. I mean, that's just been the one constant for New York all year. It's just been for the Jets. The offense has been so abysmal that it's it's. The defense has really been overshadowed by the offense's struggles is what I'm trying to get at here. Sure. But, yeah, do I think the Jets are a team trending up? No, I can't definitively say that. I'm going to base it off one good game. They're 5-8. and eight. They're a bad football team who had their young quarterback show a flash in the pan. This, that's what this game is. I mean, if, if he can start to build off this, then maybe I start to get a little bit more belief. But of all organizations I'm going to choose to say could be trending up and put some belief in, uh, the New York Jets would be towards the very end of that yep. list. Agreed. Uh, one thing I think is interesting with the Jets, right, if if Aaron Rodgers can come back next year and uh, and be good, which I don't think he will, uh, the Jets might be one of those teams that are just a quarterback away, right? We talk about their good defense. They have a great receiver in Garrett Wilson. They have a, a great running back in uh, Brees Hall. Um, there's some players on this Jets team. If they can draft some offensive line help uh, and then um, you know get the quarterback situation figured out, watch out for the Jets. Uh, because this defense showed you this game, uh, just that they are a force uh, to be reckoned with. They are something that is is real and is tangible with this Jets team. And Zach Wilson showed you that when there is some level of quarterbacking that isn't zero, uh, that this offense actually can move the football and put up uh, you know some points. So uh, I think it was a good sign for the Jets team. Uh, I'm not, you know. Houston Texans defense is a little above average for me, so them to do that against uh, the Texans, I think, was impressive in the in the swamp that was MetLife Stadium. So uh, when do we go to Florida? MetLife no, Stadium. Oh, oh, the swamp. Was, yeah, quiet you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's all I got on this game. Very interesting game the way it panned out. Zero zero at half, thirty to six at the end of the game. That is called halftime adjustments. The Texans were able to go right down the field their first drive of the third quarter, and it was over from there. Moving on. Um, Mitch, want... the reason they say, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Um, there's a reason they say football's a game of adjustments. Yeah, it is. It's a game of adjustments. It's a game of inches, you know. A lot of things. It's what it comes down to. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> At this point, let's be honest <laughs> with ourselves. So, that's all I got on Texans Jets. Want to move over, um, what 1 o'clock game you thinking, buddy? We want to oh. go Colts Bengals? We could. Yeah. We could. Or, or. Well, actually, no, we are right before the break. So, we'll quickly get Colts Bengals out of the way. Yep. Uh, this one was pretty lopsided. Uh, in favor of the Bengals, Jake Browning continues to show that he's real. He was he's real. AFC Nick Foles so underappreciated as a backup man. Eighteen to twenty four, two seventy five, two touchdowns in this game. Did throw a pick, but all of a sudden the Bengals have come to life. And you know, just when you think a team has been you know hit to their knees and are down and out, that's that's when you see what good teams are made of. And the Bengals are that. Um, a lot of these same guys are on this team that. You know, from when they went to the Super Bowl, really outside of the quarterback. It's a very similar team. Um, and to me, you're seeing what a good culture can do for a team. When you have a group of guys who just believes in each other and believes in what, you know, everything's all about, everything, you know, that that, that this team stands for, what Coach Taylor's instilled in this group. Uh, it's truly impressive to see the response they've got. 
you know, because everyone was writing them off. You know, Burrow's, Burrow's out for the year. This team's cooked. They're not making the playoffs. They're done. Uh, but Cincinnati has, you know, seemingly resurrected from the dead, uh, and they're still right in the thick of this playoff race. I think they've put themselves in a pretty good position. For sure. Um, you know, you can't count the Bengals out. they got a lot of skilled players. Obviously, the receiving threat, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, the ground game, the combination of Mixon and Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got great players all over. Uh, the offensive line has been the Achilles heel of that team. And uh, once they start blocking, you can really see what this offense does. And uh, the defense able to put together a good game as well to defeat the overachieving Colts. This uh, this game looked more so what we expected out of them week in and week out this season, uh, especially after the Richardson injury. Uh, credit to the Colts, though they've been battling all season. I expect they will continue to bounce back. Uh, after this loss to Browning and the Bengals. But that will take us to our first break of our number one. Keep it right here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Welcome back in. It's Heavy. Oh, I just stole your thing. That's okay. (laughs) Heavy Hitters, (laughs) our number one. We're doing a little bit differently today. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's been made up for. So um, I'd say you're doing all right with life. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know that? Oh, get that out of here. We'll hear that at the 40. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want any sneak previews. Um, Actually, they didn't hear it. Did you know KUR is on? And then I think you cut it off after on. So (laughs) So what is KUR on? Yeah, you'll figure out at the 40. Besides Uh, crack. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Hour number one of heavy hitters. It's just an ordinary radio. Oh, my goodness. Squidward. 610-683. Four zero five eight. If you want to join the fray, this uh, cluster of uh, chaos that is KUR. It's chaos with a K, by the way. Um, that is so cheesy. That is remarkably cheesy. But I'm Mitchell Smedley. That is the stupendous Jack Heim, just glowing with energy today. Uh, he seems revitalized, reborn, if you will. Uh, he is just loving the Eagles' downfall. We got our first caller. Never said that. We'll get to it. But until then, uh, as he vets our first caller of the day, just want to recap uh, the Colts. They fall once again. Uh, Browning and the Bengals keep their playoff hopes alive in a very crowded AFC North. I mean, it is just uh, all systems go, all green lights up in that conference. So, I'm sorry, division rather. Jack, who do we have as our first caller today? Well, we have Mr. John from Schnecksville. John, how we doing today? What do you want to talk about? Mitchell, how are you? Surviving, buddy, after that shellacking last night? I actually root for your Eagles. And because totally uh, we can agree that we all hate the Cowboys. Sorry, Josh. But uh, you guys let me down. But anyway, that's not why I called. I didn't call to give you a hard time today. I Thank did you. call to say that the AFC playoff picture is extremely crowded. All right, state in the obvious. Call me Captain Obvious. Yeah, even and I can see that, John. Awful. And I want to re- uh, emphasize awful. The Steelers were in the last two games, losing to two-win teams in both those games. They still control their own destiny. So if they had half a brain, they would put Mitch on the sideline. Not you, Mitch, the other Mitch. <laughs> and start Mason Rudolph. And the other thing, Mitch, you brought up, nine is a 10-3, and three, buddy. Who's the quarterback for those games? That would be Brock Purdy, the new number one seed in the NFC. Guy's got 3,553 passing yards in 13 games, 25 touchdowns with seven picks. And a 70.2% completion percentage. If this continues, can you say MVP? I have my hand on the fader. I'm about to, I'm about to cut this shenaniganry off. This is crazy. <laughs> John's from Schecksville. He has the best 
arrangement of skill position players I've ever seen on a football field in my lifetime, okay? He doesn't have to do much. So much of that yardage comes after catches from Debo, from uh, McCaffrey, from Ayuk, from Kittle, who just bowls through people, all right? You put anyone in that in that system. You put any other quarterback in that system. They could make Mitch Trubisky look good. No. Yes. No. Oh, no. Mitch Trubisky won 12 games. Is he a good quarterback? I don't care if Brock Purdy wins 12, 13 games. That doesn't make him a good quarterback. Trubisky should no. be out of the league. No. No. That, now, you, now you've gone too far. Now I've, now I've done it? What, what's wrong with saying that his, the weapons listen, around him wait, are what I, makes I, him succeed? I don't want to take up too much of your time, but all I'm going to say is this. You mean to tell me that Jalen Hurts doesn't have a collection of superstars that he plays with? And Jalen Hurts is a bum. He doesn't have as good as superstars, though. He doesn't have the running back. He doesn't have the tight end that, okay. that Purdy Joe has. Okay, Tagovailoa doesn't have a collection of stars he plays with? He has two. Two receivers. Two good backs, too. Really? He's got a pretty good running back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mostert hey. Moster and that chain hey. are they're okay. pretty good. They're a flash in the pan. Show, Thank you. let's go Giants. All right, that's Thanks, John. nice. See ya. Get out of here, you Giants fan. John, what We appreciate call. the call, as always. I mean, he he is always... I deserve to take some heat for my Purdy picks. I understand. It's going to take a little while. It's going to take a little while. Before people realize my genius. Have okay. you seen this, seen this, seen this genius, genius? People are going to realize, though. I will, I will say till the end of the earth, it is not Purdy that's making the Niners tick right now. He was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. All right? He's a bum. He is a, he's like a glorified bum. He's bum premium, bro. That guy is so average. He's fine. He's an okay quarterback. I'm not saying he's trash. But he's just average. Who did we just say was like the, oh, he's like Jared Goff. Jared Goff would succeed in the Niners' offense to the exact same level as Brock Purdy. Mm. He lost three games in a row because Debo Samuel wasn't there. He lost one of those world-class weapons and lost three straight games to subpar opponents, mind you. To subpar opponents. I'm sorry. I can't buy it. I can't buy it. Um, Who do the Niners still have to play this year, Jack? Uh, not a lot of good teams. Yeah, I think they, well, they have a game against the Ravens. They have a game against the Ravens. They do. It'll be their final test. And, uh, the thing is that, I mean, that muddies the playoff picture for some conference, right? It depends on who wins and who loses, but, uh, whoever loses that, I mean, their, their conference is thrown into some, some hectic situations. Niners schedule the rest of the way. They have at Arizona, home to the Ravens, they have the Ravens. at Washington and home to the Rams, their final four games. Okay. All right, so I'm putting my faith in Baltimore, who I have supported all season long. And they will let you down. And they probably will, because that's how my life goes. But here's another interesting thought. Um, I don't think the Eagles playing a first-round playoff game is totally the worst thing in the world. I think it keeps the machine well-oiled. Uh, I think it keeps the rust off. I don't know what's good for that team right now. We'll get to them a little bit yeah, later Yeah, we on. will. But um, uh, There's one I want to talk about in the 1 p.m. window. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have not forgotten about the 1 p.m. window. We covered the Colts-Bengals last year. You want to go Rams-Ravens? Team we were just talking about in the Ravens. They yeah, we can a, do that. Did you see, uh, I don't know if y'all saw this play, the way that the Ravens won uh, yesterday in overtime uh, after a back-and-forth duel with the Rams, a walk-off punt return um, whose name escaped? Was it Wallace? Kayvon uh, Wallace? Hold on. Why is that name escaping? Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. Kayvon Wallace was a defensive lineman. No, no, defensive back. Defensive back. Really? I think so. Huh. I don't know. He played defense. But uh, what was it? Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. A, I mean, 
He slipped tackles. He kept his balance up the sideline. And just an amazing, amazing run uh, to cap off what was a, uh, a really awesome game, actually, Jack. Was this the one you were talking about, or did I uh, jump the gun? Um, This was not the one I was looking at, but it's still a really good game. Great I mean, game. we can't go wrong talking about it. The Ravens are able to eke it out in overtime. A thriller, like you mentioned. Stafford and Jackson both put on a clinic. OBJ uh, turning back the clock with this one. 97 yards and a touchdown. A nasty double move to get into the end zone yeah. on that one play. Uh, look, this is a Ravens team. It's really, really good. And I think a wide-open AFC, this has to be the front-runner, not just because they're the one seed, but but they've looked the most convincing, I think, to this point of the season. I'm interested to see how they are able to finish out their slate of games. I'm interested to see them take down the 49ers. Yeah, with the, they have some tough ones, though. The Jags, the Niners, the, the Dolphins, Dolphins, right? The Steelers. I mean, that's a tough final four games. That will test them. I don't see them getting out of that slate without, at minimum, a loss. Yeah, uh, it would be tough, but the teams they're playing, um, who's tied with them for the best record? I know the Dolphins, right? So that's a showdown. They're the um, only one. Really? Okay. I thought the there Chiefs was a have five team. losses and so do the Jags. Gotcha. Interesting. And they each have three? Yes. So there is a buffer zone. So it's going to be either the Dolphins or the Ravens, in my mind, uh, getting this win. Um, well, win, I say. This number one seed in the AFC. So, I mean... That's got to be the toughest uh, strength of schedule remaining in the uh, in the in the league here. I would assume you got to win that Dolphins game, and for Mitchie over here, you got to win that Forty ers game, Ravens. But um, one of those other two, the Jags and Steelers, you could drop one of those and still be okay um, as you head on toward the uh, toward the end of this. Because uh, if you hand the Dolphins a loss, you can lose a game and still have the tiebreaker over them uh, as the Ravens. You could sit your players that final week against the Steelers. So it all really comes down to that Week 17 showdown against Miami. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could argue that the Ravens shouldn't have been locked in that close of a battle with the Rams. Uh, was this in L.A. or in Baltimore? In Baltimore. So there was definitely that rain aspect. It was uh, part of the weather system that moved through here yesterday. I was surprised how many points these teams put up in this yeah, game. You know, lot. With the weather conditions you know, prevalent, 37-31 game, I mean, it was... Really nice to see these two quarterbacks be able to sling the rock as much as they did. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Puka Nakua continues to put up numbers. Five for 84. I mean, this this guy's in, he's insane. Yeah. Cooper Cup got back in the end zone. Uh, good job for, uh, for Cooper, I guess. And, um, yeah, you talked about the OBJ uh, touchdown. That was nice. And, of course, the walk-off for Wallace. I mean, just a, an all-around great offensive showdown, Jack. What was the game you wanted? I thought I could read your mind there, but I was uh, I came up short, and I'm sorry. It's okay. Let's go down to Atlanta. Talking about the <laughs> Bucks and the Falcons. What oh, a game. Man. How was your day, Chris? What a game. Chris in Georgia. Yeah, how you doing, Chris? In attendance yesterday. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's got to hurt, Chris. It's a rough one, buddy. Losing control of the uh, NFC South. Oh, man, the Falcons have entered a tailspin here in their season. No, yeah. Hey, if the Falcons had a quarterback, they could be a really good team. Just saying. I don't know about a really good team, but a decent team. How about the Buccaneers, man? Yeah. I mean, you got to give Baker. credit. You got to give yeah. credit to Baker, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. I was, I was going to get there in that. But as a team, I mean, the resilience, you know, this, this defense was getting carved up earlier in the year. I mean, they were getting torched. But they've found a way to get it together a little bit. And the offense has done enough. Rashad White went over 100 yards in this game. Chris Godwin at 53. The passing game did enough to win this one. 
Uh, Baker showed some toughness uh, fighting for that rushing score, adding two passing scores on top of it. Uh, I mean, what a game. Great job by Todd Bowles to get his team ready to be able to win this big-time contest in Atlanta, no less. I mean, that is huge. To go to your divisional rival on the road late in the season and get a big-time win like you did. Well, they each won at each other's uh, home field. Exactly. But it just means a little bit more later in the season because— Of course. This is why I say it's so hard to sweep your divisional opponents. It just is in football. I I don't know why. Well, I do know why because the talent gap is closed and because you have a playbook on these guys like nobody else because you play it twice a year. But— yeah, credit to the to the Bucks for rallying, um, for putting together. I mean, just a, a crucial, crucial win. Rashad White, like you mentioned, he's become a great player. Budget McCaffrey, some sources are saying. Um, you know, it's it's really impressive what they're doing down in uh, uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa, and <laughs> I love it for no reason. Tampa, first town, Tampa. I love it. Uh, you know what I'm not fond of though what? when I play against them and. Uh, and they score anything like a field goal gets three cannon shots. That feels a bit excessive, you know. Okay, I feel like any team in professional sports that has a cannon overuses it to no end. Well, I mean, you have jacket. a cannon, right? Okay, so. you do. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's a great accessory to have. Yeah, it's so cool. But they overblow it every time. I wish the Eagles would incorporate like that screech eagle sound yes. effect. You know what I? Why like, don't they? Why do wouldn't that? we do that? That's so you know? cool. Like. Yeah! Yeah, like ahead of a third down or like, you know, after a big Dude, touchdown. Philly would go nuts for that. Are you yes. kidding me? Like, all right, don't get me wrong. I do love what we do already with the Rocky Bell. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, boom, boom. those fans are outside of their mind. You yeah. give them something like that, they will lose it only even further. But, like, maybe they could use it as something like, uh, you know what Minnesota does with the. Uh, that was oh, actually, yeah, like the I Viking just horn. nailed that. The Viking horn? Did yeah. you hear that? I yes. just nailed that. Great pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the Maybe Viking point, you know how after elevator. they make like a big stop, they play that immediately, you know? Yeah. Like if the Eagles did that with that, yeah! <laughs> dude, I love your, I love your rendition of that time. The, 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 yeah! oh my God. <laughs> oh man. I think that would make like, I think that would make the link go berserk. Do you not, do you not agree? No, yeah, it, it would be, I think it'd be a hit. Uh, amongst the fans, for sure, that would yeah. be, that would be funny. I don't know. We could also just invest in a cannon. That'd be cool. <laughs> but that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Eagles score a touchdown. <laughs> well, I mean, the Diamondbacks have a pool. Like, how does that make sense? Yeah, you know? but it's hot in the desert, man. Yeah, but there's snakes. I don't want snakes in my pool. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a bunch I don't of want teams, snakes in my like, pool. The best the Mets could come up with is a bridge. You know, the Shea Bridge is iconic. That is so boring. Don't get me wrong. And the Apple in center field. The apple? Yeah. You have an apple? You didn't know that? No. I'm blind. We're in the big apple. Yeah, so that, that makes time, a little more sense. Every time we hit a home run, the home run apple, you know. Does what? It, like, pops out. The home run apple? Is that what they call it? Yeah, it says home run on it. <laughs> I don't know what they call it, the home run apple. <laughs> I don't think they call it the home that run apple. That is the worst name of all time. Uh, I just gave it that, that name to give it a brief description. <laughs> I hope that sticks. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the Phillies at least have the bell, you know, the Liberty Bell. Yeah, like that's that pretty fits. cool. Like, it's a slam dunk, though. Slam dunk. No, it's not the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like the Eagles, like the Eagle sound effect could be insane. But what do I know? Uh, by the way, while we're on this topic, Hot take. I hate any team that uses like a train whistle when they score a touchdown. I'm looking at you, Lions and Cowboys and Bears. Oh my. And I don't think the Bears do it, but there's certain teams. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Just like, why? What does that have to do with a lion? 
You just hear a train coming. <laughs> you should you should be playing a roar. You know? <laughs> Mitch, we need a recorder doing sound effects for every NFL team. <laughs> and then when we go, let's talk about the Lions. We just have it on a soundboard here. Roar. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something out of like a cartoon show. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, let's talk about the birds. Yeah! <laughs> oh. What would the Saints be? The Saints? Oh. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's more like angelic, but yes. Yeah, so what are the Saints, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I get, I get where you're going with that. Thou um, shall score thy touchdown. All right, you know. Let's keep moving it on here. Yeah, we got a couple minutes before break. But, yes, we uh, do. Uh, you want to? Let's get to one more before break. Uh, the Buccaneers. Credit to you. Let's round that out. I like yeah, Rashad White. Um, really a, a developing player though down in Tampa, and the Falcons are in some deep trouble. <laughs> Love trouble it. in paradise, Chris. <laughs> trouble where? Uh, what's his name? Justin Bieber gets his peaches. <laughs> oh, uh, trouble at the worst airport in America. <laughs> What, Atlanta? Uh, yeah. No, awful. I feel like Chicago's worse. Dude, what are you talking about? I've never been to Chicago, bud. What? Have you ever been to the airport? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say that. How would you know? Um, Haven't been to the airport. No, I like O'Hare. Really? What? I what? love O'Hare. Uh, nothing. I didn't say anything. You haven't You haven't <laughs> even been there. <laughs> that went over your head at first. Oh, man. Because I was funny. trying to, like, is he serious? But whatever. No, I've heard. Look, look. there's a list that's, like, top Ten worst airports in America, and O'Hare is like top three. That's not accurate. So, um, you ever been to the Charlotte airport? So interesting story. I've told this. I've definitely told this story. Yeah, I actually had to sleep on the floor of the Charlotte airport. I almost had to do the same thing. And uh, yeah, what is it with them? And let me tell you, not comfy. And starting at four a.m., they have this great tradition at the Charlotte airport. At least they did uh, pre-COVID. <laughs> and uh, that tradition is. Uh, Starting at four in the morning, every fifteen every fifteen minutes they play a big chime, and then it goes. The current local time is four fifteen a.m. No, they they still do that. Just the most annoying thing I've ever I was there, heard. I was ever. there. I was there in June, um, coming back from a vacation. I was from, there like two years ago. They didn't do it from Key West. Really? Yeah. No, they they did it like um, to me. Like every time they made an announcement, they go like over the intercom system the local time is the they current say, local time yes yes it's no, 4 30 a.m no but yeah but they did it it was like 12 15 in the morning i think or something no 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 to oh. quote george carlin real quick well of course it's the local time <laughs> what do they think we were expecting the time in pango pango yeah um airports frustrate me all right we got to get to our second break of the hour but when we come back Recapping the rest of these wild NFL games from yesterday, and then we'll re- uh, we'll preview Monday Night Football. All that coming up on Heavy Hitters on the other side of the break. Radio voice at Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. What? This is you. Yeah, but I took yours last time. Yeah, but I, uh, I was trying to be polite. Thank you. I was giving you the nod. You know, I was giving you the uh, the eyes. You know, I thought we were I mean? just going back to the original structure. We could. It's Heavy Hitters. Hour number one. Let's do it on. Hey, one, two, three. It's It's heavy hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R. Kutztown. Oh. That's okay. (laughs) By everybody in the bar. Bar. (laughs) I love that one guy. This is a long song. This is crazy. I'm feeling this one. three minutes, yeah. Oh, nice. We're going to keep it on for the full three minutes. Let's rock. It's like a minute 59 seconds. (laughs) One of them is like three and a half minutes, though, that I have in that folder. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, what is that bass? Yeah. Oh, I'm vibing with that. But... 
Crazy week of NFL. Crazy uh, happenings in the MLB. The conclusion of the Kutztown University Golden Bears football team season. All that and more coming up in the next hour and 15 minutes plus. Um, we left off talking about uh, airports. We're going to, you know, take off from that conversation. Boom. And, uh... <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> no one else saw, like, the arm pump I did. No, I saw it out of the <laughs> yeah. corner of my eye. Yeah, yeah. We're going to, we're gonna, you know, skedaddle right on past that. And uh, we're going to head into some more of these uh, these games. This song's annoying now. So, <laughs> how the, how how the, the tide is turned. Oh, man. Um, what's our next game, Jack? <laughs> Want to go Jags? Yeah, Jags-Browns, yes. Yeah. That, that's certainly the last, I think, 1 p.m. game we got to talk about here. Joe Flacco, man. Ooh, I did not think, I didn't know what I thought you were going to say, but I heard the Joe, f- and I was like, whoa. Whoa. Joe Flacco. Yeah, Joe Flacco. He's back, and he's better than ever. Turning back the clock on the NFL here. 38 doesn't matter. 311, three touchdowns for Mr. Flacco in this game. Also did throw an INT, but it didn't matter because the Browns won. And the Browns right now hold the top wild card spot in the AFC. That's crazy. That? Nobody. But do you know how weird it was to see sleeper notifications and go, uh, touchdown, D and Joku, pass from Jay Flacco, caught for 32-yard touchdown. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, what am I watching right now? And he threw two of them. Two yeah. 30-yard touchdowns to Njoku, or like 24-yard. I don't know. The first one was wide open. Yeah, there was no one in his zip code. <laughs> I love that phrase. Yeah. Know? There was no one in his entire tri-state area. I mean, you know it's bad when you see the guy catch the touchdown on the TV screen and there's not a defender on the on screen. On the screen. There was a play like that in the NFC Championship game 2017. It was the play to Jeffrey. And uh, we went up 21-7. There was just no one even close. It's crazy how people I mean, where's the defense? And he's in for the Browns touchdown. <laughs> David Njoku on his way to a monster game. <laughs> I love that one clip. Yeah. You know? um, so, Njoku, Flacco, the rest of the Browns, they get the job done. Um, what did you see? I mean, what allowed this to happen um, to, uh, to overtake the Jags like this? They started off hot, man, and the Jags had to play from behind all game long, um, and they just were never fully able to play catch-up. I mean, it was a good rally from Trevor Lawrence uh, and Jacksonville. By the way, incredible that he's out there playing. Just yeah, what a tough after. guy, man. People thought he might be done for the year, but... I love me some T-Lar. <laughs> wait, wait, does, how does he spell Lawrence? T-Law? Okay, so, like, you know Jennifer Lawrence? How does she spell it? I think it's L A. W-R-E-N-C. So it's the same same way, right? I think so, yeah. Right? So why can't we call Trevor Lawrence T-Lo instead of J-Lo? What? You know how they call Jennifer Lawrence? Or is that Jennifer That's Lopez? Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jennifer Lopez. I don't know. Didn't they do a halftime show together or something? Uh, J-Lo and J-Law. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a, a law firm called J-Law. T-Law. Oh, man. Um. So who? wait, who did that? Uh, that do you know what I'm talking about? What? Wasn't there... I don't know. I feel like it wasn't a halftime show, but Jennifer Lawrence or Jennifer Lopez and uh, Shakira. Oh, Shakira. Yes. Shakira, Shakira. Maybe we need hung like that. No, money. You mean, let me know, man. Mitch is on one today. Sounds like a Canadian holding its breath. <laughs> Anyways. Eat air, bud. Eat air, bud. Uh, tell me Patrick Mahomes doesn't sound Canadian. 
Patrick Mahomes is Pat, we uh, dude, I can't wait to go off on Patrick Mahomes. Oh man. Me Second too. hour is going to be so fun. Yes it is. Uh but first credit to uh to Tilo and uh <laughs> and the rest of the uh you know, quarterbacks fighting through adversity. Yeah, shout out. Uh that sounded like a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> shout out. Shout out, yeah. Uh <laughs> like Anything bar. else you have on this game? I mean, um, kind of crazy turnout. I, Joe Flacco being back in the league it's still so just like yeah it's just like why does laugh. that exist? <laughs> I don't know. The Browns like it though. Yeah, the Browns found their guy. I feel like that's if like Teddy Bridgewater put on a uniform again, you know? Yeah. God, remember the year he was in Carolina? Yep. Was that multiple years? I, I think that think was so. a couple years. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's not fun. So, moving on, I think that's the one o'clock slate covered, right? Yeah, pre- predominantly. Saints-Panthers is not worth our time. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, they managed to put up points, these two putrid offenses. Again, useful, six points for useful to no one, am I right? Way to go, Carolina. Six points. Carolina, you're calling me home. Eric Church. Okay. I love that song. I mean... I feel so bad for Bryce Young. Yeah, what I don't love is is the situation Bryce Young finds himself Top in. Top five players I feel bad for in the NFL, Bryce Young is certainly on that list because the guy has nothing. Nothing. Absolutely has nothing. No good skill players. No offensive you line. You think Jay Rango? Mingo? Mingo? I mean, I mean, they might as well just run out no offensive line every time. It's I like agree, what they do right? anyway. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. And for a team in the Panthers that has drafted some defensive studs in the last decade— only to see them just get wasted because the team can't win whatsoever. Uh, very frustrating, and I think it. I think it needs an overhaul once again. I know they just overhauled it. Uh, firing your your head coach that you just hired eleven games into a season is not the answer. Uh, it takes multiple years to build this thing up. Maybe get an offensive line before you judge your coach and quarterback. Just not a fan of anything going on in uh, in Carolina right now down in Charlotte. Not a good situation. Only good thing they got going for them is the touchdown song. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. That's a groovy tune. Makes me feel like I'm in the Big Easy. But uh, They were in the Big Easy on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, accurate. So, not fun with Carolina. But 4 o'clock games. How about the Broncos? Let's ride. They uh, undressed the, uh, the hapless Chargers and the awful Justin Herbert. I believe the final score was 24-7, unless there was a final yes, score in the last seven. two minutes. Yep, 24 Herbert got hurt in this game. Yeah. Uh, do you have any details on that, by the way? Um, broke his finger, his right oh. index finger fracture uh, there. He's not expected to play in the Thursday night game this week against the Raiders, so it'll be backup quarterback Easton Stick. Yo, he's playing? Oh, my goodness, I cannot wait for this. He played in this game on. Yeah, I know, but, like, he's starting a game. Yeah. That's so cool. North Dakota State. Yeah. The Bison. So the thing about Easton Stick, uh, he was kind of brought up. It was when he was being drafted. Eagles fans wanted him because he was kind of made to be the second coming of Carson Wentz, and uh, that never panned out. <laughs> um, the Chargers ended up taking him. Eagle uh, one pick in front of the Eagles, by the way. But uh, Easton Stick, let's see what you got. That's a great name, by the way. Yeah, hundred percent. Stick drops back <laughs> like <laughs> that's just awesome. Touchdown, Stick. Stick them. It's like a it's like a prop. The touchdown stick. Yeah, it's the touchdown stick. They gotta get one of those, you know. Um, yeah. So the Chargers. 
not doing well. It's a lost season for them. Brandon Staley should have been fired yesterday, but should somehow. Been fired yesteryear. Chargers continue to just let this guy get away with everything. Yeah. You got a KR notebook for us? I do have a KR notebook for and us. And the KR notebook says, fire him. Attention to KU students. Did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutztown.edu forward slash UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Nice job, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate Flawless it. execution. Um, unlike the Chargers, who have many flaws in their execution. Uh, do you think this team's going to be good any time in the future? I think they have the capabilities to be a good team. They just don't have the coaching. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, I would all but guarantee new coaching regime comes in uh, for next season. It's an enticing job. Yeah. Yeah, you get to – I don't know. I don't think Justin Herbert's good. Most overrated quarterback in the league. Oh, stop. Well, actually second most overrated quarterback in the league. Yeah, I know who you think's first. Yeah. Actually, I don't. Actually, he might be the third. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Now that I'm thinking when you think say, about I it. I was like, the two options. I'm like, really? Who is he going to put behind her? So who do you think I was thinking first? Hurts. No, I was no, actually Purdy? thinking Purdy. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I, I should have went with I was like, you know what? Yeah. I know you don't like Hurts. Uh, so I'm going to go with Hurts, but I probably I, should I just you know, can't your, wait your to lay into Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, but pro- first, uh, we got to get through these 4 o'clock games. So an undressing of the charges at the hands of the uh, the Broncos, who are, what are they, one game back in the division? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as uh, surprising as that may be. They already played the Chiefs twice, though, though. Split it with them. Yep. So it, uh, what I'm saying is they're not going to be able to grab another game from them and uh, even the even the records out. But, wow, four weeks to go. Who knew the Chiefs would be playing for their division title lives? I mean, the path to get in for the Broncos is there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, an easy schedule predominantly. And, and the Chiefs, who do they have? So, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Chiefs' upcoming schedule when we get to that game. Okay. But for the Broncos, uh, they get the Lions next week. Then they host New England. Oh. Host the Chargers. Oh, again? And go to the Raiders. Free wins. Free wins. It's free day. I was going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, except for the Lions game, which, you know, Lions looking to bounce back, keep their uh, keep their season afloat here. But, wow. Um, credit to the Broncos for really turning the ship around. Uh, Russell Wilson, comeback player of the year. Sean Payton should win coach of the year. He's fantastic. For the job he's done with this team. Agreed. I mean, incredible. I mean, they wholesale turn it around in the middle of a season. Yeah. I mean, you had players at one point saying, yeah, I don't want to be here. I mean, I, I want to win. One of the offensive linemen, I believe Garrett Bowles, was like, yeah, why do I even, I, I just, you know, I hate being here. I don't want to play here, yada, 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 uh, just wants to win. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this team hits a button, turns it around, and they're right in the thick of the playoff conversation. I mean, I think it's more likely that they get in than they don't. Oh, I agree. And, uh... I mean, it's just, they got 70 hung on them. I know. They got 70 hung on You got embarrassed. I mean, that might be, if they make the playoffs, they might be the first team ever, and it's a, kind of an obscure stat, first team ever to, like, have 70 Lose points. a game by, like, having, to yeah, like allow having 70 a, points. Yeah, allowing 70 points in a game and still making the playoffs. Get into the playoffs. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. Like, good teams just don't let that happen. No, not at all. I mean, that just doesn't happen even if you are a bad team. Yeah. No one 
puts up 70. That's so. historically bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, one more game I'll get to before we get into the nitty-gritty of these late windows. Uh, did you watch any of the Vikings Raiders? No, oh and I'm glad I did. Goodness, dude did you did you see the clip of the announcer going like the drive summary on no. like driving? Oh wait, was that that game? Punt, 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 punt. 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 Uh, missed field goal. <laughs> missed, missed field goal. Punt, 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 punt. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was so. Funny. That was hilarious. Uh, bad note in this game though. Justin Jefferson did leave hurt with a chest that injury. That was scary. Yeah. Um, it was a clean hit. Josh Dobbs gave him a uh, as people like to call it a hospital pass. Uh, because he threw it up in the middle of the field. Yeah, they called a hospital ball. Got yeah. him teed up to get rocked by Nate Hobbs. Went and to the hospital with a chest injury. He did. Uh, he was released, was yeah. able to fly back with the team. Glad that that was the case. That's Glad great. Justin Jefferson is okay. Um, and hopefully nothing too major for him. But obviously stuff like that is top of mind following the DeMar Hanlon situation last year. Exactly. Um, you hear chest injury, player rushed to hospital. That's the first thing I thought of. Um, but yeah, I mean... Just going right across the middle. He got lined up by, was it Marcus Epps? I think it was Nate Hobbs. Was it? Okay. I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, just a really unfortunate situation. Um, glad he's okay. Glad everyone uh, seems to be okay following that, though. Other other than that, just a, a putrid game. Who eventually won? The Vikings? Vikings won it 3-0. Three three nothing. Nothing. Yep. Greg Joseph is the hero with a uh, game-winning field goal. Oh, did it come at the gun? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying like that was the difference. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you – okay. Well, let me Let me check. Yeah, when did he hit that field goal? Um, fourth quarter with like, uh, what time is it? Long drive for them, under two minutes to go. So yeah, kinda, okay, wow, kind of down yeah. the wire. Some drama. So. so it was nothing, nothing until late in the like fourth with quarter. One fifty-seven to go. That the, the two-minute warning happened, and it was nothing, <laughs> nothing. nothing. That oh, doesn't man. happen in today. Talk about like seventy doesn't happen. Zero doesn't happen so. as well. We see a lot more of that. I'll end the the hourly discussion with this. Come back, great deal uh, in the second hour to talk about. We got so many big names to discuss: Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Shohei Otani, but and more. Yeah, many more until you're 154. The uh, the defense in this league, I think, has everyone always got on the NFL. It's just an offensive league. It's just oh, they call pass interference. It's just all toward the offense. I mean. We had a Chargers-Patriots game 6-0. We had a, a 0-0 at half game. We had 0-0 until the two-minute warning. You're seeing a lot more low-scoring games. 13-8 between, I believe, the Falcons and the Patriots, maybe? Um, what? 13-8 was the score in a, a game. No, no that was uh, Falcons-Jets. Falcons-Jets, yes. Uh, you're just seeing so many lower-scoring games in the NFL this year, and I think it's really interesting because you really don't know how a given game is going to go. I, I think... Whereas in years past, you could just sit on, oh, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of points. You know, offense, offense, offense. Defense is becoming more valuable. Any thoughts? Yeah, it is. I mean, for sure. Uh, there's a reason they say defense wins championships, right? It there's didn't reason... in this league for a while. No, it didn't. I think. I mean, you have to be, I think, really good on both ends. And you saw, I think, why the Chiefs came up short a couple of years is just because their defense was, was not good. But last year, the difference for them was, and I know it's obviously painful for you, but their defense was in the top half of the league. Like, they took steps forward. Now, this year, they have a really good defense and an offense that's okay. We'll get to them in hour number two. But, like, you have to be good on both ends, right, to, to be able to win the Super Bowl. You can't be just elite in one category and mediocre, like, to the bottom of the league in the other. Um, so, I think that's so important. That's a great point you make. Uh, you got to be able to get defensive stops in this league. Um, 
you know, to be able to win games. Got to create turnovers too. Exactly. Got to create short fields. Yes. And uh, you got to be what supplies your offense to get the extra possessions and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, schemes have just become so much more advanced uh, recently. But that is going to take us to the end of our hour number one discussion. When we come back, like I said, so many headlines to get to. I have a few things I need to get off my chest. Jack is going to sit back with his popcorn and watch my head explode. All that and more coming up on the second hour of Heavy Haters. Keep it right here. Radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Hour number two of Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR, Kutztown, Jack I. Mitchell Smedley. Mitch, you have a lot to talk about. There is so much to get to in this second hour. (laughs) 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 Heavy Hitters. (laughs) Um, Yeah, great to be with you. Six o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, the witching hour here in Philadelphia. <laughs> Scott Hansen reference? Is it? Yeah. It's on Where Zone. losses become wins and wins become losses. I didn't even pick up on that. Yep. Uh, love it's that the guy. witching hour. Yeah. Love that guy. So what we're going to do is get right back into it. And I want to start. Oh, there's so much contempt in my heart for so many different people. Uh, is that the, even the right word? I don't even know. But I used it. So <laughs> let's get right to it. I have to talk about a little whiny son of a gun named Patrick Mahomes. Oh, oh, Patrick. You're going to cry about it, Patrick? Yeah. Uh, have let's... you seen the videos before you go into it? <laughs> no. Do you no, haven't I've... seen the memes? No, I've, I've watched just so many people memeing on him in different ways. But let's get to it. So the Chiefs and the Bills had a showdown. Always an exciting game. This was in Arrowhead. And uh, it was a tight game all the way through, tied at 17 for much of the fourth quarter. Bills took the lead with a late field goal from Bass, Tyler Bass. And uh, that's a country name if I've ever heard one, by the way. Never talked about. Where's he from? Can we get someone on that? Uh, Tyler Bass, go ahead, field goal, 20-17. to 2017, great year for football. And then Patrick Mahomes leads the charge. And the Chiefs are driving. They're over midfield. And uh, it's a second and ten. And Patrick Mahomes throws to a wide-open Travis Kelsey, who then is going to be tackled down inside the red zone-ish, around the red zone, around the 20. But the wherewithal in the middle of the play to throw the ball across the field on a dime to a wide-open Kadarius Toney, who then ran it in for the touchdown, taking the lead on one of the best plays we've seen in football in years, only for a piece of little yellow fabric to make its way onto the field. There was offensive offsides. Not a call you hear very frequently, but a call you hear more frequently nowadays. The league has been focusing on this. Canarius Tony, if you'll remember, the man that ran that touchdown in, was lined up in the neutral zone. It was clearly a flag. Even I could see it. And Mr. Number 15, the man who's always so humble and kind, oh man, was he upset. He spiked his helmet he was screaming at the refs on the field. He walked up to Josh Allen and it was like, that was a terrible call. That was the worst call I've ever worst seen. Worst call I've ever seen. He, he talked about it in his press conference that the refs shouldn't make game-changing decisions like that. I'm sorry, Patrick, but your very below average receiver was lined up off sides. It was a penalty. And if you don't want games to be decided by penalties, oh no, guess you just lost the Super Bowl because you're giving the ball back to Jalen Hurts with over a minute and a half left, if you'll remember, Patrick, because that game only was decided based on a, 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 you know, a little, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, holding call on James Bradbury. 
Do you want to give back your ring? If you give up your Super Bowl ring to the Philadelphia Eagles, I will happily grant you this win against the Buffalo Bills. That sounds like a fair trade-off to me. What a loser. And I'm, I'm supposed to believe this is the face of the league? He's lost it. He's, he's gotten to see what it's like playing with below-average receivers, right? The only good option he has is Travis Kelsey. And he's Rice to, is good, too. Not Kelsey level, but he's good. I don't think he's that good. And he's trying to throw the ball to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, people who, quite frankly, have no idea what they're doing. And he's coming up short. He's not going to win the Super Bowl this year. He's not even going to be really relatively in the conversation. They have a sputtering offense. They put up 17 points. They were held scoreless in the second half against the Eagles. They put up 17 points total in that game. The Uh, Chiefs are struggling. What? You finish your point first, yeah. Yeah, you're good. I want you to be happy. No, I I was just going to say. They're a struggling um, team. Yes, oh, no, for sure. And he's he doesn't like, I get it, you don't like losing. But you didn't no lose because losing. of the refs. You lost because your nitwit of a player was lined up offsides and you can't handle that your team just isn't that good anymore and that you're not able to make everyone else look insanely good because you are just a good quarterback. You might be an elite quarterback, but you're not an elixir of life for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Brady lost three Super Bowls. Tom Brady didn't make the Super Bowl in over half of the years he played. You're not going to be number one every single year. You're very good, Patrick. But if you think that that was the wrong call or shouldn't have been called in any way, you're doing a disjustice and injustice to the sport of football, and I think you need to shut your little mouth. Focus on next week, Pat. All right. Um, now that you're Trump-style sports talk. Trump? There's nothing Trump about this. I don't know. It, it, a little the Bills bit the Trump the Chiefs. Like That's about it. So, um, Anyway, no, good stuff there. I agree with most of what you said. Patrick, stop crying. Same to you, Andy Reid. So I suggest you stop whining and do what I say. I can't repeat the rest of the quote. Yes. Um, yeah, look, Chiefs lost this game. That was a great play taken away by a correctly called penalty. Uh, I want to circle to another thing in this game that's going to go under under appreciated. No, um, that's that's not going to be talked about. We'll just say it that way. The Bills had horrific time management in this game towards the end. It was a Sean McDermott masterclass of horrific time management. Let's set the stage. A guy who, by the way, deserves to lose every game for the rest of his career ever. First and ten at the Chiefs twenty-two, two twelve to go in the game. 2-12 to go. Now, you would think you just hand the ball off, get it to the two-minute warning, right? No. Nope. Not, not what they did. Throw it incomplete. Second and 10 with 2-10 to go in the fourth quarter. Incomplete. Third and 10 with 2-06. Caught for a yard. Two-minute warning. Field goal with 154 to go. I mean, what horrific time management. Horrific time management. You run it on first down, you get a couple yards. Uh, first down could end that game. Really, you could you know just run down the time, kick a field, and not even give them the football back. They do, and they get bailed out by a penalty that they didn't lose this game. I mean, it is a typical Bills game, but they were able to get the luck their way and, and get out of there with a win. But, man, I, I'm just still not convinced in this Buffalo group. Sorry, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I don't know. I just think this is so awful for the league. But uh, we got to get to a KUR notebook. Yes, we do. Uh, from the KUR notebook, 
KOR has got a lot of history behind it, from its inception as WKSC and WRKU to the reboot in 2005 to now. KUR History has got you covered, and if that interested you, go ahead and give KUR History a follow over on Instagram at KUR History and uncover the lore behind this long-running station. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right. Nice. Hour number two. Thank you very much, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, Always. But for me, a great game, another classic between the Bills and the Chiefs as they usually play against each other. Usually great games yep. between these two. Uh, but By the way, Jack, Yeah. while I'm getting fired up here, I almost forgot to mention, because there is so much more for me to yell about coming up. Uh, if you want to talk about the Mahomes situation or anything else, 610-683-4058. would love to get your input. Uh, Mr. Heim on the phones today for us. 610-683-4058. If you want to yell at Patrick Mahomes, right alongside me. Uh, sorry, what were you about to say? I just wanted to get the listeners involved, you know? Yeah, you're good. They, no. got, they got thoughts on their minds there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. <laughs> hey, I'm calling here. Yeah, it's a great point by Smedley here. <laughs> I mean, he's he's trying to get the phone calls in. Come yeah. on. We already had uh, John from Schnecksville. Give us a call. Talk to me about uh, Brock Purdy a little bit. We'll get there. That's you where want... I'm going next, by the way. Yeah. Give, give us a call. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Mr. Purdy. We are. Mr. Purdy. Purdy bad, if you ask me. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> I love that. Mr. Purdy. Mr. Purdy can get in his truck and drive out of here. <laughs> in his truck. T-E-R-U-K, truck. All right. All right. Let's any, go there. Any final thoughts on no. the Chiefs? All right. No sweet. final thoughts. Mahomes so, is a whiner. Here's here's my thing uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the Seahawks covered, which I find hilarious. Everyone, they're going to destroy them. This game was close for most of the game. You couldn't put away the hapless Seahawks. You couldn't put away the hapless Seahawks. You hit Drew the Eagles. Drew looked that bad. Oh, my, boys crack. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had a backup quarterback. It's a great point. They had a backup quarterback. You couldn't put them away most of that game. DK Metcalf. What was that, a 30-yard touchdown, something like that? Yeah. What is up with the backup quarterbacks looking so good this year? I don't know. It's awesome. Though. I mean, Joe Flacco comes back, he looks good. You have Jake Browning looking good. Drew Locke looked competent and capable in this game for Seattle. Out in the parking lock. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's it's impressive. Speaking of DK Metcalf, he caught his touchdown and then dipped out of this game by getting ejected. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Really? What did he do? Uh, him and Fred Warner got into a little bit of a scuffle, mm. uh, and then he grabbed Warner's face Dude, mask with both hands. The Niners are a bunch of bums. I'm sorry. They get in fights with everybody. They get in fights with security guards. DK Metcalf is also... Well, he's also a, a fruitcake. I don't know. Uh, but the Niners are not all they're cracked up to be. And that starts with their mediocre quarterback named Brock mediocre? Purdy. Absolutely mediocre. This man... He's got something like 25 touchdown passes. I mean, this dude, boring. This dude is boring. Is, is boring, boring. I don't care how many passing yards he has because two-thirds of them come after contact. Actually, with, they don't. I know. I'm just exaggerating. Actually, under half of them do. But that's still a lot with Debo Samuel Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey. I, and we're seeing what's happening to Mahomes. We just talked about that. Another bum. Uh, you know, he's actually much better than Purdy, though. Continue your point. But Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. I said it last week. It's the best assembly of skill players we've ever seen in my life on a football field. He's playing on an all-star team. Of course he should be good. You could put Josh Toot in there and he'd be firing dimes. (laughs) Oh, my. But what it comes down to is the fact that Brock Purdy will get rushed and hassled 
and uh, and and you know beat around in a playoff game, and he will come up short. Never, I can't believe this happened. I can I can absolutely believe it happened. You know why? Because when one of his weapons went down, named Debo Samuel, the guy lost three straight games to the Bengals, Browns, and primetime Kirk Cousins. You should not be losing those games if you're as good as everyone said. The MVP of the league, you're going to lose three in a row because one of your weapons goes down. You know what that shows me? Just how dependent you are on other people. Dependent on other people. There's no independence here, okay? This is coming from a guy that had his mom do his laundry till he was 16. You're not independent. <laughs> I mean, look, Purdy is such a good quarterback, man. Uh, am I going to say he's elite? No, but he's a very sound quarterback. He knows how to run this team. Yes, does he have a lot of talent around him? And that, of course, is going to benefit any quarterback. But he's still making the throws. He's still efficient as ever. Leads the league in QBR. Tied for second in touchdowns, second in passing yards. I mean, he's a very good quarterback. But when any of the talent isn't there, he's not good. He's not good. He scores nine points. Okay, taking Debo Samuel off this offense is like taking A.J. Brown out of the Eagles offense. Of course it's going to make a big difference. Patrick Mahomes is at least still able to put up consistent points with awful, awful receivers. Awful receivers. And he's still at least in these games to be mad when he loses. Do you understand that? That's the difference between a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and a not great quarterback like Brock Purdy. I'm not saying Purdy's elite, but you have you to. You did say that like a week ago. Okay, that was just to get under your skin. Well, successful. <laughs> yeah, because it's easy on this subject matter. Because <laughs> he's stupid. He's not a good quarterback. He's stupid. He's a bum. He's a bum. I love it, your first rebuttal to Brock Purdy even getting remotely. He know, should not uh, be in the credit. MVP conversation. Look, I mean. He, he's a good quarterback. You're the you're the quarterback of the 49ers, surrounded by all that talent. Your position is actually, probably by definition, the least valuable player anywhere in the league. You don't move the needle. I mean, he did throw for 368 yards in this game. Look who he's throwing to. Still got to make That's the throws. That's easy. Still got to make the throws. Oh, my goodness. Still got to make them. Oh, my goodness. I, I, dude, the Still 49ers might be a first-round exit. Got to make them. If I if there is one injury to these skill players, Mark Mitchie's words, first round exit San Francisco. Oh, that's so funny, dude. Wake up, San Francisco. I'm Danny Tanner, and our 49ers exit. are out. First round exit, well, they're going to get the buy, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, first round exit, like first game they play. Oh, divisional? Yeah, divisional round. Playoffs are going to run through San Fran. Not you're for look, very long. You're looking bro. at your eventual Super Bowl champions. Stop! This is they're going to lose to the Ravens, and the Eagles are going to get that one seed back. By the way, don't think so. I do. I do. I mean, you better be so nervous that any of these players don't go down. Because look what you have. You have probably the best running back in the last how many years? Ten, twenty. Um, in Christian McCaffrey, he's so good. He is. Yeah. George Kittle can just run through you know houses. Like, he doesn't care. Really? Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel has some of the most elusive after-catch moves I've ever seen. And Brandon Ayuk could be a number one receiver in other places. They're all so good. If one of them goes away, Brock Purdy is just, ooh, ooh, dreadful. Dreadful! He's actually probably below average, quite frankly, when you think about it. Anyways. Why do you hate this man so much? Because I hate people that get undeserved credit. He's such like a good Like Jalen Hurts! Let's talk about like, that. You hate on the other side of the break. Of course, you hate the feel good. We still have a minute. Hey. So real quick, yeah, real quick. Go. What were you saying? Why do you hate a feel good story? 
That's all I'll say. Because, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a heart. What What is feel good about him? He was the last pick of the draft. Uh-huh. Came, you know, out of... And then lost. To, and then lost in the NFC Championship game. Not his fault. And I have to hear everyone whining about it. Yeah, the Niners got their payback. They they won a regular season game. Yeah. Boring. We won the one that matters, dude. We got the one that matters. They can have it. I don't care. All right. We got to step aside. We do have to step aside. On the other side, we'll talk about another one of the top three most overrated quarterbacks in the league. He's right here in my hometown, and he is going to get ripped a new one on heavy hitters. Don't touch that dial. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, back with you after this. I don't know who chose this music. I don't know either. <laughs> Definitely not Jack. He knows what'll get under my skin. This is reminiscent of uh, Funshine, which, if you're not familiar, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. The worst. I did not even think about the that. Worst song I've ever heard. I need to get that in my folder. No, we do not. And uh, Jack and Abby love to play it on repeat around here when I walk in. So, uh, apparently, there's been a playlist developed called uh, "Songs Mitchy Hates." <laughs> Abby was running through it one day, <laughs> headlined by Mr. Brightside, Mr. Blue Sky, um, Pumped Up Kicks. Just, uh, you know, what can somebody, I say? I'm very opinionated. It's I'm very hot and cold, you know? I don't really not have an opinion on something. Yeah, Have true. you noticed that about me? Well, no. No, I, I have not been able to notice that. <laughs> Doing some self-reflection. So, <laughs> anyways. So, Brock Purdy's a loser. Oh, that's what we've established here. Do we have any any other 4 o'clock games? No. No? Let's rip the Band-Aid off, why don't we? God, there's so many people that are overrated right now. Uh, we have two more. We'll talk about someone uh, in baseball that's quite grossly overrated to the tune of a lot of money. Um, but first, we have to talk about it. It's been ruining my mood all day on this gloomy Monday in Kutztown. The Philadelphia Eagles are in a tailspin. And, I mean... I can't even. I, they are going down a very dangerous road. A very dangerous first round in the playoffs exit road. A Minnesota Vikings of last year road. When you look at the similarities, how many one possession wins did the Vikings have and how many did the Eagles have this year? When you look at how poorly the Vikings uh, are coached, how poor their quarterback play can be. Which brings me to the epicenter of the problem with your Philadelphia Eagles. We do not have a winning quarterback. Jalen Hurts is not a winner. Jalen Hurts finds ways to lose games, and the Philadelphia Eagles would be better served without him. The problem is they're not going to be without him because they signed him to a five-year contract worth, what was it, $250 million before this year. I believe it was 256, if my memory serves. 256 of your dollars, no, 256 million of your dollars, Philadelphia, is going to the salary of this fool wearing number one. Number one, first of all, the ego you have to have to wear number one. I got in a, uh, a half a football game long debate with some folks as I was watching this game last night. I don't know where this Jalen Hurts is so selfless. He wants the team to win. I don't know where this narrative came from. It's about as fictional as Harry Potter 
or the Hunger Games or whatever other book you want to pick up from your local Barnes and Noble. It is a fantasy world that Jalen Hurts doesn't have a, a, a an ego problem. He transferred after getting benched because he couldn't stand playing second fiddle to Tua Tungavailoa. There's a reason he was not a first-round draft pick. He doesn't have the talent. The arm talent isn't there. He throws it short. He overthrows guys that are running wide open. He leads guys out of bounds like A.J. Brown last night. And occasionally he has a good pass like the Alameda Zacchaeus play uh, against the Buffalo Bills. But for the most part, Jalen Hurts is not an overly accurate quarterback. He also has a fumbling problem. It reared its head again last night. It lost the Eagles a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts does not have ball security. And it is one of the main reasons that using these design quarterback draws to the extent that Philadelphia does is a major problem. Not to mention it's also going to lead to injury like it did to Carson Wentz against the Los, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, Rams. For some reason, I thought they played in Vegas. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know my own reality anymore because Jalen Hurts is just fogging my brain with images of balls hitting the turf. If I could chime in. Yeah, you can. You can. Um, I'm going I'm to take it and give it a little bit of my own spin on this. Look, these are the problems the Eagles have had for weeks, but now they're finally starting to come back to hurt them, right? Absolutely. And I, I tra- you know I really tried. I tried to be calm last week. I tried to be, everything is fine. They're going to lose a game here and there. You just got embarrassed by Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys have no business embarrassing you. They are the team I hate. More than any team in pro sports, you lost to the Cowboys. That affects my soul. They walloped you. Do you understand? We got embarrassed. We didn't score an offensive touchdown. The Jalen with the most touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles last night was not named Hurts. He was named Carter. A stud. A stud that is living up to the hype, by the way. Let's talk coaching for a hot second. Yeah, let's. I'll jump back to Jalen Hurts in a hot second. Yeah. But let's talk coaching. Nick Sirianni needs to be fired immediately. Enough talk. I'm tired of hearing about flowers growing. Tired of hearing about that. You know what I want to see? Someone who doesn't go for it on fourth and nine, down 14 points in the third quarter. How about that for a change, Nick? The stimulation of it. I don't like the stimulation of it, Gabe Kapler. (laughs) You know what I like the stimulation of? Taking the three points and playing some defense because your defense started to come alive in that second half. Even if you give up a field goal on the ensuing drive like you ended up doing, it's still a two-possession game with a whole quarter of football left. Oh, speaking of field goals... Aubrey is a stud. Okay, Jake Elliott's better. Boring. We're not getting into a kicker dispute on this show. Um, They're kickers. Anyway. uh, His name's Aubrey. I can't take him seriously. I'm sorry. Let's talk about play calling. Awful. It's it's run like a college offense. It is. It's it's something you would see at a college, and it doesn't work in the NFL, man. You know, you can only run QB draws so often. It's... It's almost every play. It's a QB draw or a screen of some kind. The tight end screens. I, I've never seen a play go for more negative yardage. It's so predictable. It's awful. You know, one play that really stuck out to me last night, it's not like a huge play in the stat sheet. but no. It's a design run for Hurts. He, he's running to the right, and all the blockers go out that way. He, there's no threat to throw it anywhere. No. He because what he does he has is to slide down behind the line of scrimmage. Because well, there's nobody running around either. He has such a ball security problem that he can't just hold the ball and pretend to pump fake or something because he'll fumble it. Now he has to tuck it and run. And now everyone sees him tuck it and they know it's a run. It they can the diagnose it exactly. It allows the DBs to crash up, play the run, no threat of uh, of getting hurt through the air. Meanwhile, you have uh, I almost said Alshon Jeffrey. What is wrong with me? You have AJ Brown. 
who in the Niners game was taking those slants over the middle and eating them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Feed Folks. that man. Folks. Feed him with the slants over the middle. He is uh, He's the weapon that the, that the Niners have a million of that can get the yards after catch. They can just bulldoze people. Smedley is starting to lose his sense of reality here as he's starting to reference Eagles receivers from five years ago. Yeah. Hey, he brought me a Super Bowl ring. I can't so. can't forget him. Yeah. But I mean, A.J. Brown, you've seen it. He could take a ball 80 yards to the house. He could take over games. He I mean, can he, absolutely be a beast. He is a game-wrecking receiver and... 125-plus yards in six games in a row. You know, watching... Where is he now? Watching the game last night, it, it's just... The offensive line is... Taking a step back, at least I don't even me. think so. You know no, why you no, think no, no, they are? No. Because a, it's the most predictable play calling in all of football, and b, because Jalen Hurts holds on to the ball longer than I've been in college. No, I'm not. He saying, holds on to the ball forever. I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm just saying they they've taken a bit of a step back from what they I think they were last year. I just I, I've been watching that offensive line. I still don't think there's a better unit in football. I have no gripes with the offensive line whatsoever. By the way, the singing is impeccable. So, um, anyway. Let's keep talking about it here. Devontae Smith drops a touchdown in the third quarter. Would have brought you within seven. It was. It was. You got to catch there. that. It you, was you, still too you got far off his fingertips. As an Blame on receiver. both sides. Blame, that ball could have been thrown so much better. The deep ball to AJ yeah, Brown on the sideline took it, him out of bounds. It could have been a little bit closer to Smith, but in the NFL, in my mind, if you're a top flight receiver and you get both hands on the football, you got to be able to find a way to bring it in. It was off like the very tips of his fingers, though. You got the gloves. You got the gloves. Catch uh, it. It's the other problem is is the, I'm not saying that's why the Eagles lost the game, but I think he's got to be able to catch a collaborative fumbling problem here. Yeah, uh, the turnovers were horrific. Three I mean, turnovers in Dallas territory. That's just. I mean, at some point, that's just focus, and that goes back to the coaching issue. Uh, AJ Brown fumble. Devontae Smith fumble. Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni need to be out. Sean Desai. I'm my. Oh, my patience with you is wearing so thin right now. Can we stop with this? Uh, Let, let's get real here. Can we stop allowing eight yards, whether it's a pass or run up the middle of the field every single time? Let's get real here. It's been back-to-back weeks. The Eagles have got physically dominated. Manhandled. Especially at the line of scrimmage with the offensive line compared to the defensive line. And the secondary is horrible. I mean, I'm seeing receivers run wide open all game. It's frustrating. It is so bad. So nauseatingly bad. And then you have plays like the, the Keely Ringo play from last night where he gets a P.I. and a face mask uh, on the same play. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about lack of focus, bad coaching, whatever you want to draw it up to. This is not the same team from last year. I don't think it's even remotely close well, in terms all. of level elite uh, no. from last year to this year. And I said that a couple weeks ago on the show. I-, I said that this Eagles team is different this year. They don't have the juice. They don't have the fire that they had inside of them a year ago. Well, I, it, I, it's I tell you why. There's a reason for that. What they did is exactly what you just said. They got complacent. What they tried to do is the same thing that the Philadelphia Phillies are trying to do right now. We're we're watching it in slow motion. They are trying to say, we had a great core from last year. Let's re-sign them. We re-signed Slay. We re-signed Bradbury, whatever. And we're going to run it back because these guys got us to a Super Bowl. They can do it again. You started 22 of 22 original starters started the Super Bowl. You don't experience that kind of health. On top of that, after a few guys get injured, you also have all of these guys a year older. A year in an in the NFL, a year older is like two years, three years older in other sports. It's major. The decline of NFL players in their thirties is much faster than other sports, and you're seeing it with the secondary. And I also don't think people realize just how great of a player Avante Maddox had developed into. He's out for the season. He can't help you now. Darius Slay and James Bradbury, those old 
those old geezers back there are getting outmatched. They're getting outmatched, and they don't have the depth. They do not have the depth to come in and back them up. Sidney Brown is not very good. I didn't think he was atrocious, like people have been saying last night. Keely Ringo, not good. You don't have any depth. No. Byard has been a disappointment. Um, It's just been up and down the secondary, just... It's not playing well. The I have confidence in this defensive line, but when they have to accommodate so much of the uh, of the slack that the the secondary and the linebackers are dropping, it's hard for them to get consistent pressure. But you see what they can do when they do get that pressure. Jalen Carter runs into the end zone for the Eagles' only touchdown of the night. Thank you. But it was bad. It, it was bad, and I had now, to sit there. I have a there. question. Yeah, uh, and, and I'll let you get back to your point. Yeah, in one I had second. one more point on Jalen. Um, look, after these two games, you're going to see. If this team's got the leadership and the guts, to you be better see wholesale changes. You better so, see Nick Sirianni get in. I don't want to hear about the coaches. Flowers. I don't want to hear about It's on the flowers. coaches and it's on the players too. Where someone's, is this narrative that Jalen Hurts is such a great leader? By the way, someone's got to step up. Someone's got to stick guy, up and take the reins. I've never guys speak in more boring platitude language. Yeah, we're just trying to get one percent better every day. You know, I just like to win. I just like to, you know, it's a team game, not me. It's the team. Really? Show it. Show it. Stop holding the ball for eight seconds. Try to be the man. Throw the ball. It's so annoying. I had to listen. Half this game, more than half this game, I had to listen to this one guy keep bringing up the same stat. Oh, he has the most touchdowns in the NFL. Most touchdowns in the NFL. 19 passing. Uh, 13 rushing or something like that. I think 31 total. So 12 rushing, 19 passing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. And you know what? Those numbers stayed exactly the same last night because he didn't get in the end zone once. And by the way, more than half of those uh, rushing touchdowns are those one-yard QB sneaks, the tush-push, whatever you want to call it. They don't really count. On on most other teams, it's just a handoff. But they, they pad the stats, and everyone gets to pretend that Jalen Hurts is one of the league leaders. He's not. He's, he's quickly regressing. It's the Carson Wentz effect, a flash-in-the-pan year, and then he's going to regress I'm sorry. I don't see what everyone else sees in this Jalen Hurts. And I, think I, I don't see his leadership either. He speaks in the most boring language I've ever heard. I think the play calling just is, is setting the offense up to fail. I mean, this tandem of Sirianni and Hurts is falling into the problem that, that Peterson and Wentz fell into. They, they get that ego behind them of, oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. We got to a Super Bowl. We're just going to get back because we have the same players. Not how it works. Not how it works. There needs to be wholesale changes week to week here. Before the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Oh, great. Another primetime game. Yay. Excited. And then there needs to be... You need to make some major roster adjustments, Howie Roseman. This is not working. This is not working. And the wheels are falling off. The problem is, what are you going to do at this stage? You can't make any trades. No, not, I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about over the uh, offseason. Oh, okay. Offseason. Because you can't keep running it back. I'm tired of seeing Philly sports teams run it back. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. So... Alright, 610-683-4058 if you are a fellow struggling Eagles fan out there. You got two games to preview for tonight. We do have two games to preview. So let's get through them before this final break. Then we got some MLB to talk about. Some big MLB news news to talk about. There as well. We'll make it quick. I think there's going to be two rather uncompetitive games on television tonight. Uh, Let's go down to Miami first. Titans and Dolphins. Dolphins favor many of the two touchdowns in this game. It's going to be a rout. Um, Tua and the offense is going to be able to do what they do. The Titans offensively don't possess much of a threat unless King Henry gets going. Uh, He's lost you know, a step, too, man. He's lost several steps. It's Evans running backs, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Why they're not valuable in this league. No, and that's why they're not getting paid a whole lot of money. Unless um, your name's Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah, give me the Dolphins to win in a blowout. Yeah, I agree. Give me the Dolphins. Dolphins big time. I think they're favored by something about 14 points. Yeah, uh, yep, I think they cover. Yeah, I think they cover. Uh, the Titans just are not a good football team. The Colts, who they took to the wire, took to overtime last week. The Colts are in a downswing. You're seeing it. Um, they're regressing to the mean, so I don't think that uh, that really counts for as much as we once thought it would. Yeah, um, I'm not feeling it, Titans. I think this is a blowout. All right, and the Packers taking on the Giants at MetLife Stadium. Packers have been surging a couple of big wins over the Lions, over the Chiefs uh, these last couple of weeks. Uh, but this time they take on the Giants. What do you think of this one? Packers figure by five and a half. Give me your thoughts, Mitch. Yeah, uh, I've been seeing a lot of people say uh, don't trust the Packers here, but I, I like what I'm seeing out of them. I think that win against the Chiefs last week was so big. The win on uh, Thanksgiving, I just think there's so much to build on here for the Packers. They're really uh, having some of these young guys uh, take form. Jordan Love is uh, quickly rising, uh, in my opinion. Um, and the, the Giants are just a lifeless football team. Uh, didn't even know they still play games because they don't show up anymore. So, uh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, nah, they don't show up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Quiet. You're telling me you're going to make fun of Tommy Cutlets like that? Tommy DeVito. Go back to no! making your movies, bro. Tommy Cutlets, come on. Tommy, where does that come from? Tommy Cutlets. He loves chicken cutlets. He's Italian. Never knew that. Come on. He's Italian. <laughs> Do you know those, uh, those videos on TikTok? Like, of course I'm Italian. I'm going to eat chicken cutlets. Yes. Know? Of course we're Eagles fans. We're going to get absolutely uh, trashed and climb light poles. Um, so. Yeah, I love those. I love that trend. But uh, I think that's going to take us to our break here. Like, actually, no, pick, you didn't pick. Yeah, so way to cut me I'm off. I'm so. You know what? No one cares. Turning your mic off. No, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. No. What that's do you think, right. buddy? Do your Giants get the win? Give it a Giants to win it. Wow. See you, Packers. I don't care. Positive Send momentum. Send them packing. Positive momentum. Sure. But not tonight. They have the better players. Oh, I know. That's why they're favored by five and a half. Yeah, it should be more. But Tommy DeVito's going to pull some magic in this game. Stop. The Giants are going to win it. They're going to go to five and eight with the win. Saquon better have like seven touchdowns. With the win, they're going to win it 20 to 20 to 16. Okay. Oh, a gritty game, a field goal game. By the way, uh, your own team. Ruined your uh, ruined your pick. Gave the Cardinals their third win. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I thought we might uh, just jump back to that one for a hot second. Nope. But uh, go pack, go tonight. Uh, take down these Giants. I need them to be as lifeless as possible when we play them on uh, Christmas. Oh, don't worry. We'll be smiling when we beat you. No, no, that would be a tragedy. By the way, I'm not buying uh, all these people that. Uh, well, the Cowboys are uh, technically number. Number one in the division. They are. No. Stop. 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 They they don't control their own destiny. The Eagles do. And Cowboys fans need to be quiet. I think Chris Christie said it best. You're not number one in the division. uh, And until that time, sit down and shut up. So. Well, when the Eagles lose the Giants in a couple of weeks, it's not going to (laughs) matter. On the other side of the break, (laughs) we will get into MLB. We have some major News to talk about, and another, yet another overrated man in sports that I uh, I have some thoughts cooking about. We'll see that on the other side of the break, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR's uh, Heavy Hitters. Welcome back in, it's Heavy Hitters. Here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR, I'm Mitchell Smedley. Jack's running my errands right now. He'll be right back in here, though. We are, well, we just made our way through the NFL, previewed Monday Night Football. 
coming to you. Two games. I don't know why they're doing that, but whatever. Whatever makes the league more money, I guess. Roger Goodell. Better get that figured out. So much to talk about. I've ranted and raved about three NFL quarterbacks. And uh, it's going to be time to do some more ranting and raving about some MLB topics. Uh, But before we get to that, just want to let you know one more time that if you would like to be a part of the show, don't forget that number to call is 610-683-4058. Once again, 610-683-4058 to get in on the conversation with me and Jack. We would love to have you on board. Thank you so much, Jack. There's not much left in that bottle. I'm going to go refill it while you uh, while you say your piece. But uh, let's get to it. The major MLB news. Well, it happened. We didn't get to break it live on air, but uh, Saturday this came in. Uh, just early Saturday afternoon, Shohei Otani has made his decision, and he has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers, the front runners throughout most of the sweepstakes, They've signed it. They've si- they have uh, tied the knot. Shohei is going there for the next decade, and it's, the contract is worth $700 million. Oh, my goodness. What a hefty price tag, Jack. Let's get your thoughts first. What a price tag. I mean, it's incredible. $700 million, the largest contract in the history of North American sports, and I think you know, of all of professional sports. Uh, I think some football players, like soccer players, get some. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, North American, I was right there. Uh, but Otani, he's an incredible talent. I mean, he can do both. I don't. I mean, we're not going to see him pitch uh, in 2024 because of Tommy John he's getting. But what I want to talk about is the contract of furls that he's going to be getting. I mean, this is crazy. Unprecedented deferrals on this contract from Shohei Otani's 10-year, $700 million deal. In quotes, in an, in an article from The Athletic, Shohei Otani is deferring $68 million of his $70 million per year until after the completion of his contract. That means he's getting paid only $2 million per year right now. So, the deferred money is to be paid out without interest from 2034 to 2043. I mean, unbelievable. And, you know, he has this luxury because of how much money he's going to be making off the diamond you know, endorsement deals and all that stuff. He'll be eating uh, well. You know? That will be, He'll be all right. giving up a lot of money. But did you see those contract deferrals he's going to be getting? It's unbelievable. And uh, what it does is it allows the Dodgers to go sign more contracts. Keep spending money. Right? I mean, he wants to win. That's why he's not sticking with the Angels. And he's staying right there at home in Los Angeles, just shoving it in all of the Angels fans' faces. I mean, get ready to see a mass exodus, exodus of Angels fans to the Dodgers following that. I mean, unbelievable talent that we've never seen before in Shohei Otani. But, uh, Jack, I have some issues. I have some issues with Shohei Otani. First of all, nobody's worth $700 million in this sport. And there's one simple reason for that. The injuries are too glaring of a factor. What the Dodgers just did was sign two Bryce Harper contracts, plus a little bit more, for a guy that has had, is this his second Tommy John surgery or his first? I might be his second. I think it's his second. And pitchers are not the same after that. I mean, usually that first one. Usually the second one typically spells almost the end for a pitcher's career. I don't understand this move whatsoever. Uh, I would not shell out that kind of money. I think it is going to be so detrimental to the Dodgers. And I, I think that this league is going to be shocked by 
just how awful of a contract this is. It will go down as the single worst, single most overpaid uh, contract in pro sports in North America ever. Thoughts? This is insane. I, this it's is, too much money for It's that. a lot of money. I'd be very upset if I'm a Dodgers fan. It's a lot of money. A lot of, lot of... So this is going to be 10 years that he's getting $68 million and he's not on the team? Um, yep. Wow. He's deferring 68 of $70 million per year until the end of the I mean, contract. that hurts the team for a whole decade. Do you see that? Yeah. That's crazy. Sacrificing the future for the present. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is... Typically, the back half of that contract, you're not going to be you're not going to be good anyways. You know, it's the the thing with the Harper and the Turner contracts, right? You're you're deferring the money over a longer period of time now, because they're not going to be good, right? So you're going to be overpaying at the end of the contract anyways. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. It's crazy. It is unbelievable. Um, this means that the Giants uh, lose out on yet another superstar, uh, Toronto. Oh, man, was the hype building uh, for the Blue Jays to sign Shohei. He does not go there. Disappointment for the Jays fans. And the Yankees do not add Shohei Otani to their star-studded lineup, including Juan Soto, if you missed our Friday show. Which, by the way, we're back to a normal schedule this week. We'll have a Wednesday show for you, same time, same place. Uh, and then we're, uh, we're off for the break. We will figure out what the break will look like if there will be shows. I'd like there to be, you know. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I would love to continue to over break. We'd sure. have to figure that all out. Just got to get the logistics sorted out. Yes, I exactly. don't think it's a. I don't think it's a want issue. And usually at KUR, if there's a will, there's there a is a way. So rest assured we'll get that figured out for you. Um, but just in the last two minutes here, before our KUR notebook, I mean, this was the big domino that was set to fall. And, uh, Jack, the market has been set. $700 million. No one's going to go higher than that. Obviously, uh, no one's going to go higher than half of that. Not going no, I, I really don't think so. So, uh, how do you think this impacts the market going forward? I think he's such a unique player that it—I don't think it affects the market as much as people might think, because of the individual case that is Shohei Otani. No one else can do what he does, and to be able to say, "Well, hey, he got this amount of money, and I should be getting," you know, what? Three hundred fifty million less than that. Like, well, what it allows players to do, right, is look at. Let's divide them into the two players. There's the pitcher Shohei Otani, and there's the hitter Shohei Otani. Say each of them gets a clean three hundred fifty million dollars. Ten years. That's thirty five million a year. So now you have hitters that, uh, or uh, let's start with pitchers, right? You have pitchers that maybe, well, Shohei's ERA was this, and mine is this, right? Somewhat comparable. Now you're saying, so I should get twenty seven million dollars. Where if he had signed for five hundred million. Right, and the half drops down to two fifty. That's twenty five million. Now they're looking down around the nineteen, twenty, twenty one million dollar range. So I think this definitely does bring the price up somewhere around ten million dollars for a lot of contracts. I think you'll see some. Uh, wow, he got that much money per year. That's crazy. I think I think you could see that a lot for uh, for some pitchers and, and uh, some hitters as well. I'm thinking hitters like Reese Hoskins, right? You know. Another power hitter. 35 a year? No, not 35. That's what I'm saying. But whatever he would have been, like whatever percentage he's evaluated of Shohei Otani, that price tag goes up for that percentage, right? If he's two-thirds the player that Shohei is as a hitter, now he's getting $24 million. Yeah. So, 
I think it definitely does uh, change the price a little bit. I think you'll see it for pitchers as well. Um, you know, Yamamoto's not going to come cheap. And uh, um, oh, the name escapes me of the other uh, guy coming over from Japan. Imanaga. Imanaga, yeah. You also have Jung Ho Lee from Korea. Jung Ho Lee coming over from Korea, yes. There's still uh, there's still some guys out there. A lot of good players at the board. I want... Um, Otani's only the first domino to play. Yeah, yeah. And this hot stove is really just simmering. It's not... Yeah, it's not hot. Not hot at all. It's I've like, heard no rumors like, whatsoever. It's like the coals are sitting there ready to get, like, you yeah. know, some action and, like, get, like, heated up. But it's You ever, just like, like, have a fire pit that you're looking outside and you're just watching it rain on it? Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, can't use that for, like, four days. Otani was, like, the like the little, like, the initial, like, like you know, when you, like, put a match in? Yeah. But then it just died out. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean... I think Smokey Bear got over there and put out that, that wildfire <laughs> that was brewing, right? Because only you, only you. Can, pre- can prevent wildfire. <laughs> Good stuff. So, Good stuff. Yeah, we got a KUR notebook, though. Uh, more, on, more on baseball coming up. We do. Attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. A promotional director or an eborn member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event, no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I just want to take a jump back in the time machine. I don't think I mentioned it. Um, I had to hear about Jalen Hurts having the most touchdowns in the NFL, and apparently that made him the best quarterback, even no. though there's so many more stats <laughs> that well, can go what, into what that. What argument is that? It's a pathetic argument uh, from a Jalen Hurts truther. Um, thank goodness... Josh Allen now has more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. 33. 33. So. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I think Allen leads the league, but do you have uh, the touch the total touchdown leaders by any chance, Jack? I think it's Allen, but I'm not quite sure. But I want to get back on to MLB. Um, you know, there's still some... I have a question for you, then. You go first, and then I'll have a question for you. There's still some guys I would like the Phillies to sign. Uh, the... I say it every time there's a potential to sign anyone, but Adam Duvall would make a lot of sense as a Philly. Um, said it forever. But uh, I like him as a Met, too. No, no, I don't like that. <laughs> Please re-sign Reese Hoskins. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't like that. But uh, here's my problem. I teased this a little bit in my Jalen Hurts rant. The Philadelphia Phillies are making a grave mistake. A massive mistake. This has become the safe haven of spending and winning in recent years. They went out, they signed the Bryce Harper deal. They made the Real Muto trade. They re-signed him to a five-year, $150 million thing. They signed Zach Wheeler, $100 million contract. They signed Nick Castellanos, $100 million contract. They signed Kyle Schwarber, $80 million contract. They signed Trey Turner, $300 million contract. This has become the place that spends money. This has been the Steve Cohen that people don't talk about. And why are we stopping now after getting embarrassed on our own turf in the NLC? Why stop now? Your tone there was funny. Why, why are they stopping? It's the same mistake that the Eagles made this year. You're watching it in your own in your own city. You just had Bryce Harper on the hype video before Sunday Night Football. These two teams obviously are acquainted. And you're watching them make the same mistake. Is it something in the water in Philadelphia right now that we just rest Oh, it'll be fine. It won't be fine. It wasn't fine now. Why do you think it'll be fine when everyone's a year older? Why? Why? 
Signing Aaron Nola, yes, was a big move because he was gone. But effectively, you're just running it back. If that, if your big signing is just to bring back a player that was already here and declining, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. I need more out of this baseball team. Why are we stopping? John Middleton said he wants his bleeping trophy back. You're not getting it with this strategy. Why? I mean, it's it's like the uh, that that seed from Star Wars, right? I'm standing there on the battlefield. More, more, more. And then now John John Middleton is just going to come in and cut it off. That's enough. <laughs> it's not enough until we win the World Series. Done with it. You got so close. No, I think we're doing right spent now. The money really good. Look at the trade deadlines too. This is the bigger. This is a mystery to me. Dave Dombrowski is known for the big, big trade, right? What's he gotten here? Brandon Marsh is the number one? Sorry, I need more. Uh, Thor, he's not here anymore. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, gone. Great memories. I thought Rodolfo Castro was going to be a godsend. Because I don't have anything else to latch on to. That's your own fault. Do you understand? I don't have anything else to latch onto. I'm frustrated. This team is not going to win. You you are competing against the Braves and the, the I guarantee you the Mets in two years are going to be a juggernaut because they're going to learn from their mistakes. Ah, oh, this music to my ears. Just oh, it irritates me to my soul. My little blind soul is uh is in unrest. This this is so frustrating to watch and just know it's like when you're watching, you know, like all those parents out there, you're watching your kid. You're trying to toe that line between do I get involved or do I let them figure it out for themselves and then say I told you so. I'm going to have to come on to this show next uh, October, maybe, hopefully, if we're lucky, and be like, I told you so. Because he didn't even get as far as he did last year. Didn't even make it back to the World Series. All that hype about two more wins, really? Well, you gave another team two more wins in your own ballpark in a must-have-it situation where you outmatched them for most of that series. Pathetic. What were you going to say, Jack? Um. Oh, what was I going to say? Well, I'm having a. Uh, oh well. A little bit of a. Uh, was it something Mets related? Um. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. Right. Um. I'm just interested to see what the Mets do. I please resign Pete Alonso. Please, please. I'd like you to not do resign that. Pete Alonso. That's enough out of you. That's enough. I'm sorry, sweetheart, you are not in the chess club. (laughs) No, no. Pete Alonso needs to be in the New York Mets uniform for the rest of his career. Um, Man, that's what I want to see. I just want to see Pete back with the Mets. Uh, Why are the Sixers the most bright future in the city right now? Did you see all the, uh, speaking of the NBA, did you see the in-season tournament thing? Uh, So so weird. I don't even get it. Did you hear the players talking about what they're going to do with the money? No. For for guys who are making so many millions of dollars, they're acting like five hundred thousand is going to be like groundbreaking money to them. That's so funny. Anthony Davis goes, "Yeah, I think I'm going to buy my kids uh, Christmas gifts with this money." <laughs> like, dude, we don't. Oh like, man, I don't care what you think you're going to do with that money. Like D'Angelo Russell, I'll be able to go on like a two summer vacations, or I might have switched those two. Uh, but like. Guys, that's guys. Buffoonery. No one is sympathizing with you for for like you know getting this money. The five hundred thousand dollars you're each getting from this tournament is more than like a vast majority than the country makes in a year. Yeah, in like actually three years. Yeah, well, that's true. But that is just about all the time we have on this Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Don't we'll go Wednesday. anywhere. Yeah, we will be. Thanks for listening to me rant about basically everyone to ever play sports. Uh, thanks for sticking through it. For Jack Kime, I'm Mitchell Smedley. This has been Heavy Hitters. KUR.